Hope my attitude won't bother you. But the day was long and my mood was blue. I couldn't think where else to go. I just dropped by to say hello. Hello and welcome to Voicebox, your eclectic weekly series on public radio and podcast about singing and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman, and it's smashing to be here with you once again. For the past 18 months or so, I've been watching a sleek glass and steel building emerge from the rubble that was formerly the site of a grubby auto repair shop on my block in Hayes Valley, San Francisco. I've been marvelling at how quickly the structure has appeared and how it's already changing the face of the neighbourhood. When it opens next Wednesday, the San Francisco Jazz Centre will do more than change my immediate surroundings. Touted as the country's largest freestanding facility for jazz performance and education, it's very likely to change the face of jazz both locally and on a national scale. But what will its presence mean for the art of jazz vocals? What singers will audiences get to experience at the new space? And how will SF Jazz, one of only two major year-round organisations in the country dedicated to cultivating jazz as a vibrant living art form, work to launch new vocal talent as well as develop its relationships with established stars? Singers like Mary Stallings, whose gorgeous voice we just heard at the top of the show, and who'll be performing as part of an illustrious opening night lineup that includes such luminaries as Chick Corea, Esperanza Spaulding and Joshua Redman. To answer these questions and many more, I'm excited to be joined here on location at the bustling SF Jazz Centre by Randall Klein, the director of SF Jazz. Hi, Randall. Thanks so much for making time for our discussion during your extremely busy ramp-up period. Oh, I had no idea you were a neighbour. Fantastic. Yeah, so, I live next neighbor. door. Yeah, right next door. Also here with me is Tiffany Austin, an awesome jazz vocalist based here in the Bay Area. Hello, Tiffany. It's great to see you. Hello. Great to see you. Okay, so these are exciting times. We're right on the cusp of something huge here. It's amazing to think about the journey of SF Jazz from its roots back in the early 1980s as a producer of a few concerts a year in scattered venues around town to being one of the world's leading presenters of jazz and related forms of music with over 100 performances each year and now a staggeringly gorgeous permanent home. So this new building, how did it come about? Well, early on, we took on the model uh, for an organization to be a nonprofit cultural institution. And those are just, you know, fancy way of saying, uh, like the San Francisco Symphony or like the San Francisco Opera or ACT. You know, an organization that is devoted to an art form uh, and pools their community together to help support that and, and push that art form forward. And it, it started some very interesting conversations and exploration, one of which was finding this, this site, actually, mm-hmm. uh, because we then engaged a, you know, a, a pro bono uh, real estate consultant, a broker locally here who was a member of SF Jazz and you know, volunteered to show us around the city for properties. And this guy knew every inch of the city. Mm-hmm. And we looked around and then we started asking questions of ourselves what would be the best neighborhood to be in we wanted to be in a real neighborhood we wanted to be a place where people lived uh, where people you know moved around where there was life and so because one of the big things we wanted in this building was to be part of something to have the building open that's what all the glass is about that's what all the accessibility is that what happens in this building isn't a secret to people out there and when those great institutions up the street from us were building those buildings that wasn't what was the culture was about then the culture was about building these beautiful monumental buildings uh, that that you know looked important and big mm-hmm. and um, 
young, you know, new audiences, what we're accustomed to, the world we live in, isn't about that necessarily with culture. We want to participate more. We want to be more part of it. And so how could you create a building that, was, that felt more open? So that's what we worked on designing. Okay, so apart from the, the lovely neighborhood and the open lobbies, can you talk us through, Randall, some of the aspects of the building that really excite you? Well, openness, uh, two examples of openness. One is um, the Joe Henderson Lab. Uh, it's on Franklin Street, right at the corner of Fell, and it is a room that is surrounded by glass to the street. It's a 90-degree uh, angle of glass in a, in a small room, and that room um, is designed for both uh, education and for performance. Uh, it's a room where on Monday through Wednesday nights, it'll be mostly education. On Monday nights, we're starting a community band, and that band will rehearse in that room. And on Tuesday nights, our high school all-star program occurs in that room. And on Wednesday night, we do an adult education program, this adult education program called Discover Jazz. And people literally will be standing on the sidewalk next to what's happening in that room. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> so you, people will be able to look in from the street as Absolutely. well as participate inside the building. Yes. So you, the, the room mm -hmm. dissolves into the sidewalk, uh, literally. It more than any, anything here speaks to what happens in this building. Mm -hmm. You see education, performance, rehearsals, you know, everything that, that we do mm -hmm. here is there. And the other room that's exciting, obviously, is the, the main the, space, the main space, um, which has all those attributes. And in fact, even has a peak from the street that you can see on the right on the corner of Franklin and Fell. You can drive by, walk by, stand in the bar, which happens to be there, the bar or restaurant and see what's on the stage. Um, and when nothing's happening, it'll be one of those, you know, tableaus from, uh, you know, you see at the old old movies of the the stage light on the stage and the piano sitting there and that that's what you'll see otherwise and it's a real look into the theater about what happens in there the same thing that what there's no secret what happens in there you don't have to be special to get in there you don't you know all those great things about it being accessible Tiffany what are the most appealing things to you about the new building as a singer who's going to be performing in it very soon so when I heard that it was designed with really, you know, the intent that a vocalist will be able to hear, that made me really excited. I just came off a tour where, a two-week tour where I didn't hear myself at all. Oh, <laughs> so, goodness, that's really hard. Screaming over uh, a, a seven-piece band. So <laughs> this is going to be a really great experience. And um, I think also the intimacy that was mentioned, like, you know, dealing with spaces that you are so far removed from the off from the audience or, you know, where you're kind of lost in a sea of light. Lights are just kind of shining in your eyes and you can't connect with anyone is a very frustrating experience for me as a vocalist. So, um, yeah, just excited about the, the thought, the intent that went behind the construction is is super exciting. You're listening to Voice Box. Find me, you're mindful in the gas. Accelerate, you drive so fast. No one's gonna catch me.
drops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, Public Radio's weekly series about the human voice. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. Full playlist information can also be found on our site along with schedules and other useful information. To find out more about our series, including how to make a much-needed donation to support our project, which is independently produced and non-profit, please visit voicebox-media.org. Donating to Voicebox is easy through our online PayPal link. On this evening's show, we're celebrating the opening of the San Francisco Jazz Center and thinking in particular about what the arrival of the nation's biggest freestanding institution devoted to jazz means for singers and fans of the vocal arts. My guests are SF Jazz's artistic director, Randall Klein, and jazz singer, Tiffany Austin. We just heard two of this country's great jazz-oriented vocalists, Bobby McFerrin and Tony Bennett. McFerrin and Bennett are part of a long line of top vocalists to have performed under the auspices of SF Jazz since the organization was founded in 1983. Tiffany, you're based in the Bay Area these days, but you've lived and worked in many places over the years, including London, Tokyo and Los Angeles. How does this part of the world score in terms of its greatness as a home for jazz vocalists? Oh my gosh, that's... I think it's it's scoring number one for me. I think the community here is just really, really close, uh, and particularly the the jazz community. Um, when I lived in, well, when I was working in Japan, I actually met Marcus Shelby out there. Mm-hmm. And once I came back, he just drew me kind of into his circle and let me perform with him. And you know, I, I just don't know if that is something that happens anywhere else. I, when I lived in Japan, I didn't have people, you know, just kind of drawing me onto their gigs, throwing, you know, money at me like <laughs> like I feel like has happened um, in the Bay Area. So, so how right. integral a role has SF Jazz played in helping to promote singing and singers, would you say, in this area? Oh, goodness. It, it's been very, very integral. And I think, you know, just um, I've participated in some SF Jazz workshops with Marcus Shelby um, and just drawing in all of the great artists that I've been able to see um, just, you know, throughout um, internationally as well as, you know, nationally known, recognized artists. And what I also see is that SF Jazz, you know, definitely reaches out into local artists and pulls them in. Mm -hmm. And this opportunity, you know, to play at the, the new center is just amazing to me that they would, you know, just go out and reach out, you know, not necessarily to, you know, the most well-known vocalists, mm-hmm. you know, in the nation, but someone who's up and coming. Uh-huh. Uh, the, and you're doing a, a whole Ella Fitzgerald show, right, on February 16th? Yes, Tell I us am. about that. Well, um, definitely going to be focusing on some of uh, the work that she did with the with Duke Ellington, mm-hmm. um, just a really, I really love that collaboration. You know, two great musical minds, two great masters. Um, so um, the staff, uh, the personnel that's going to be on that, I'm going to have uh, Marcus Shelby on bass. Um, Matt Clark is going to be on on keys and on drums. Howard Wiley, who's just an amazing person, he plays 
his primary primary instrument is sax, but he also does drums, and he's just a killer at both. So it's going to be fun. Um, how would you say the efforts of SF Jazz have coincided with other great jazz institutions in the Bay Area, such as the Jazz School in Berkeley and Yoshi's in Oakland and San Francisco? How, where do you see SF Jazz fitting into this into this landscape? How do they relate to each other, these different organizations, in your mind? Oh, wow. I, I see it as kind of, oh, okay, this is the way I would like to see it. <laughs> kind of SF Jazz in tandem with all these other institutions, kind of bringing back that old, you know, the, that old feeling, that old community that was here in the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, where we had uh, the the Fillmore area, where we had, you know, people mentoring each other. And I do see that, you know, through the descriptions of the center, how there's going to be that community connections. Mm-hmm. There's going to be workshops. Uh, well, the workshops they've already had have been very, very, mm-hmm. you know, community oriented. And so I, I'm just hoping, you know, that I, I foresee that that's just going to continue. Well, let's hear one of your songs now, Tiffany. What can you tell us about the song that we're going to hear you perform with the Darren Johnston Ensemble entitled Ivan? So um, this song actually is from uh, Darren Johnston's project, um, Songs of Seven Miles. It was commissioned um, last year and it debuted at um, the um, Yerba Buena Gardens Festival during the summer. And this is a pretty interesting project because Darren interviewed different immigrants and he set uh, some of the text to music. So Darren uh, took Ivan's interview and Ivan is actually uh, Darren's friend from Bulgaria mm-hmm. that he interviewed. And so um, it's done in an 11-8 Kopanitsa style. Okay. Very challenging to sing, very fun to sing. Um, and one of the quotes um, that he says is, um, fly like the wind and savor the flavor. That was his kind of model for life. So Darren kind of set that um, that up. It's, it's fun. You're listening to Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. Tonight we're exploring the world of jazz vocals, particularly as it relates to the opening of the new jazz center in San Francisco, the country's biggest freestanding structure devoted to the art of jazz. My guests are Randall Klein, the director of SF Jazz and vocalist Tiffany Austin. We just heard a track entitled Ivan, featuring Tiffany on vocals alongside the Darren Johnston Ensemble. To find out more about our series and download our free podcasts, please visit voicebox-media.org and you can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so let's get talking about singers that you're featuring as part of the new Jazz Center's inaugural season, Randall. I know you've talked about a few of them. Uh, And besides Tiffany, who's performing her Ella Fitzgerald tribute on February 16th, can you tell us about some of the other great singers that we're going to hear at the Jazz Center in the coming months? Well, the very first um, singer, besides the Mary Stalling inaugural song, uh, there's a night, the Gershwin Night, which has Paula West, Dan Hicks, Kim Nally, and Jamie Davis on. Um, 
such a good <laughs> bill Amazing that it's group. already sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the first shows to, to, to go in the series. And, and we moved through quite quite a few singers. Anna Mora, I mentioned before, McLeet Hedero, uh, playing in the main auditorium from here from the Bay Area. Um, Patricia Barber, uh, you know, noted, I think, equally as a pianist and as a vocalist. Mm -hmm. uh, an artist we've worked a lot with over the years and really you know distinctive I, you know it sounds cliche but she really is does something that nobody else does the way she approaches lyrics and just beautiful that sort of mes mesmerizing Maritza uh, coming up uh, and you know sort of when we get to sort of the more transcendent really meat and potato stuff you know we've got Tony Bennett mm -hmm. and uh, and Diane Reeves at the uh, end of May mm -hmm. and Tony's performing actually not here but across the street at Davies Symphony Hall and then mm -hmm. Diane's doing three nights in a row here um, and Tiffany of course is part of the series that uh, the Hot Plate Festival that we're doing that will kick off uh, the Hot Plate series which we've been doing at uh, the Amnesia nightclub in the, in the Mission mm -hmm. for the last year every second Thursday but the first way we're going to kick it off here at moving it here is a whole week of those concerts mm -hmm. uh, and, and the and Hot Plate series features a lot of more like upcoming local artists right yes, it's all local artists and it's all typically themed around uh, you know the music of a great or a great album of some kind mm -hmm. so, so um, what do you what qualities do you look for in the singers that you program at SF Jazz that's probably a very difficult question to answer, that's though. It's an impossible question to... Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to be good. Okay. <laughs> and beyond that, is there anything, any special thing that you're listening for? I mean, obviously, everyone's very different, but... It's a, you know, look, music is so subjective mm -hmm. in general. And, and I think vocalists are the most subjective category of all. Huh, why is that? Um, because it, it, it's so personal. You know, what, what connects... You know the voice. What connects with other people? You know, certain vocalist people hear and they hate. Certain people they hear they love, and it, it, it you, you know, you immediately know it as soon as you hear someone sing. Uh, and jazz vocals is, is an interesting craft because, um, you know, what you know, who can really define what a jazz vocalist is? Good is the wrong word to start with, but you know how musical somebody is. Mm -hmm. And again, it's subjective, it's just my opinion. Well, let's hear in a moment from a couple of the artists who'll be featured on the Jazz Center roster in 2013, Diane Reeves and Patricia Barber. What attracts you, Randall, particularly to these two singers' voices? Well, Diane can do anything. Um, in fact, I remember we presented a concert with Diane you know, a number of years ago, probably at least 10, 15 years ago, and Mary Stallings came. I can always tell the great singers by how many singers come to hear them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, mm -hmm. one of the great, you know, yeah. because singers are an incredible community, you know, very, very supportive. Of all the of musician communities, singers are a different kind of breed in that regard, and they're mm -hmm. always going out to hear each other. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, Mary was there, who many consider to be the greatest jazz singer mm -hmm. um, and she's coming out to hear Diane she loves Diane she wants to hear her uh -huh. um, and you know Diane can do she sang a gospel song you know her mother just passed away and uh, the last concert she did with us was you know, a couple months after her mother passed and she sang the song her mother loved and it was just you know you, you just you're you just stop in your tracks it's one of those things that you know, you leave, that's what you, that's what everyone goes to see, mm -hmm. I think, you know, in all forms. You know, someone who can just, you, you emotionally, you connect immediately with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she sings those standards, she sings contemporary stuff, she, mm -hmm. and she, she, as far as the craft piece goes, it's unparalleled. Right. You know, she, the, she, she sings. Patricia Barber's a very, very different, you know, approach. And I mean, this, actually, it's a good example of how different 
you know, Patricia Barber technically is is, is not Diane Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's more of an interpreter uh, than 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 anything. You know, she she delivers a, a different kind of lyric. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, more poetic, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you know, sort of thing. Poetic in a different kind of way, more in a sort of intellectual poetic style, um, and it's very personal kind of thing with with, with her. Very dark, very um, you, know, you know, moody. It's you know, it's. Uh, uh, again, a great example of how different jazz singing can be. Well, let's have some music now. Here's Diane Reeves with Afro Blue and Patricia Barber with a moody take on the Beatles' Norwegian Wood. Diane Reeves with Afro Blue and a take on the Beatles' Norwegian Wood, performed by Patricia Barber. This is Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. Tonight's show comes to you from the new San Francisco Jazz Center, the country's biggest freestanding institution devoted to jazz education and performance. My guests are the director of the organization that runs the new center, Randall Klein, and jazz singer Tiffany Austin. We're exploring what the shiny new building means for the jazz vocal landscape and broader ideas to do with singing and jazz. So one of the qualities that makes SF Jazz stand out as a presenter of jazz is its rather broad definition of the art form, which we've touched upon, Randall. You've presented all kinds of vocal artists over the years whose work extends far beyond what many purists would define as jazz. For example, as we've mentioned, in the upcoming season, you've got these two famous exponents of Portuguese fado, Ana Moura and Maritza, on the roster. And then there are people who you program, like the German big band vocalist Max Raber, who frequently perform material from the pop music canon. So what's your rationale, Randall, for programming voices that go beyond what many people would consider to be jazz? We um, we like to work along the edges a little bit in general. Um, music is, you know, is, is uh, you know, is, is such a broad place. And so we, we like to say, you know, it, it wasn't meant, it isn't called the SF Jazz Center because, but we like to say that jazz is at the center of what we do, uh, which gives us the freedom to work a lot around the edges a little bit. Um, you know, jazz has influenced a lot of music that doesn't sound like jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of one example of that in the, well, in, in actually a vocal way was, uh, you know, we presented The Roots, for instance, at Davies Symphony Hall, a hip hop mm-hmm. band. Um, but they have deep, deep, deep jazz roots, particularly Questlove, the drummer, but even mm-hmm. Black Thought, the, the, the rapper, uh, they understand it. They're from Philadelphia. They understand John Coltrane. They're part of this. But you, and you can hear jazz in what they play, but 
if you're only a jazz aficionado, do you hear the jazz and what they play? Um, so we, we feel that that's a place we ought to go. That's contemporary, mm -hmm. that's relevant. And I think wherever something feels relevant, Max Robb is an interesting case because that's, um, you know, it's, it's a sort of a Weimar era Germany mm -hmm. and, and, and what looks campy and is campy um, is quite serious. And it's hard, you know, again, about craft and musicianship. These are extraordinary musicians. Mm -hmm. And Max sings in that sort of late 30s-ish style, that, that World War II kind of tone. And they do some pop tunes that, in that style, you know, mm -hmm. which is sort of disconcerting on the eardrum, I think, in some ways <laughs> and exciting. Yes. Um, and um, it's entertaining, yeah. you know, and, you know, th this is, you know, there's, there's a broader aspect to a lot of this thing, too. You know, there, there's a showbiz kind of thing mm -hmm. to, to a lot of all this. It's about entertaining and it's about, you know, you know, you know, people go out for different reasons to see different things. And we're always wanting to speak to the Bay Area, what people mm -hmm. want to see. And so when I first heard Max, um, it was one of those things that I really had to see because it, um, there was no explanation of it that made sense to me, mm -hmm. you know, that, that this would be something we would want to book. Mm -hmm. But I was intrigued by it. And, uh, you know, it was an agent that we do a lot of work with said, no, really, you've, you've got to see this. I know what you like. This is mm -hmm. something you, you should check out. And I went to see it. And really what won me over about this band was craft. They mm -hmm. really, you know, they're, they're real musicians and they, they, they play beautifully and it's vastly entertaining. And it's one of those things, you know, it was one of those shows that I just unabashedly recommend anybody uh -huh. who wants to go to a show. It's the least jazzy sort of thing that we do, but it's, uh, it, it, it's just a great thing to see. So. Well, let's hear now from a couple of artists performing in the SF Jazz Center's inaugural season who are expanding definitions of jazz, as we've been talking about. First, we'll have a track by the lovely Fado singer Anna Mora, Levame Aos Fados, and we'll follow that up with Max Rabe and the Palast Orchestra with an unusual take on the Britney Spears hit, Oops, I Did It Again. We just heard Ana Mura with Levame Aos Fados and Max Raba and the Palast Orchestra with Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again. My guests are jazz vocalist Tiffany Austin and Randall Klein, the director of SF Jazz. Please visit voicebox-media.org to find out more about our series and our free weekly podcasts are available on iTunes and on the Voicebox website.
So another thing that I've long admired about SF Jazz is how the organization balances bringing the top national and international artists with nurturing careers of local up and coming talent. Randall, why are both of these types of artists important to SF Jazz's mission and how do you maintain the balance between the two? Quality is a word that you know I, I tend to go back to always, and you know the importance of of in jazz in particular, but all art. It just it, it churns, it changes. It um, for us anything to be vital, there has to be something new happening, mm -hmm. um, and so it's very very important. You know, I, you know I, I always I mean of the one thing I'm always looking for is you know who, so something new, something fresh. Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of sources I rely on. You know, I. I, I, I I read a lot. I look at things. I listen to a lot of music. I, there's, there's certain critics that over the years I've befriended because they have great ears, right? Um, and they're always looking for something new, um, and um, you know it's essential here. And, and, and it is a balance. You have to find the balance uh, between helping to make sure there can be audiences and audience developed. Um, and there's you know there's kind of a farm system that does exist. You mm -hmm. know, in uh, just use the baseball analogy here. Uh, you know, for um, for, for music in general, you know, people play clubs. You know, a lot of times the smallest hall we used to have presented was 325 seats. So mm -hmm. that's a that's a pretty big place for an upcoming artist. Right. And so we could be less experimental in in our mm -hmm. first 30 years because we weren't in halls. You know, there was a, there was pressure on some artists mm -hmm. to get there. So we would. That's how our thematic programming has worked, trying to put things together where we could have uh, groups of artists that. At the sum adds up. And in mm -hmm. fact, those early vocal programs we did were just about that. There were a lot about local, you know, where, where Gershwin helped sell a show more than, in fact, the artist on the right. bill. Uh, and that was a way to say, and, and people walk away from that show and say, wow, those people were great. Yeah. Uh, in which case, then there's the opportunity to present them again on their own, and then you mm -hmm. work it up. We, we have this great opportunity in this new place with a room that seats about right. 100 people um, to, 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 to start building up further from there. So, um, it's 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 just absolutely essential. Anything gets stale if you just you know there are greats and there are always greats and they're great to see, uh, but um, you you know that that's a that's a it's a kind of a gluttonous diet I think and you you need to, you need some vegetables in there somewhere I think. Well, let's listen now to a quartet of awesome Bay Area based vocalists to be featured in SF Jazz's inaugural season: Meklit Hadero, Layla Smith, Jamie Davis, and Lave Smith. For full playlist information, please visit voicebox-media.org. Walk up, walk up straight through the roof, straight through the hole in the ceiling. Take your place in the sky. Oh, look around at the clouds that hold you, that hold you.
Clete Hadero, Layla Smith, Jamie Davis and Lave Smith, four locally based singers who are appearing in the inaugural season of the new San Francisco Jazz Centre. I'm Chloe Veltman and I'm chatting about the opening of the new centre, the country's biggest freestanding structure devoted to jazz and what it means for the vocal music landscape. My guests are Randall Klein, who heads up SF Jazz and vocalist Tiffany Austin. So a common story we hear in San Francisco is all about how much jazz is struggling as an art form. Tiffany, you, you sort of uh, lighted upon this briefly earlier when we were talking about the, sort of the golden era of the 1960s. People hark back to those glory days of the Fillmore District uh, when musical icons like Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong and Billie Holiday performed in the many local clubs. And, you know, we hear quite often this lament about the demise of the Fillmore as a jazz hotbed and people are chafing about how much today's few venues for jazz, such as Yoshi's, are, are having problems so question for both of you what role do you think the new jazz center will play in helping to revitalize the scene or do you think that that it never it, ne- it hasn't been struggling do you think this is erroneous so the idea that there was ever a big heyday for jazz i think is sort of the erroneous thought mm-hmm. you know john coltrane barely made it a living mm-hmm. um you know they, he's you know these musicians who we revere as the great days of jazz really Struggled, you know. Mm-hmm. Count Basie couldn't, you know. The, it was uh, tough to keep a big band working. Mm-hmm. You know, Ellington, the same oh, thing yeah. later in his career. So, you know, doing something this ambitious and understanding what exactly the audience is for for where it it, it it's just it's all relative. Mm-hmm. And so there has been lots of up and downs, ups and downs. Sure. We've been around for thirty years. We've seen tons of ups and downs and resurgences and and booms and busts and jazzes mm-hmm. or the booms and busts and everything in life. Um, and I've always wanted to maintain a, a fairly positive outlook on this, you know, mm-hmm. not Pollyanna-ish positive, but just positive. There are always great artists. There's mm-hmm. always great new artists. So Tiffany, let me ask you this. How possible is it for uh, a jazz vocalist to make a living in the Bay Area? Well, I've been making a living. Well, actually, I've been in, in law school, so you've been <laughs> this in law will school. be my pilot okay. test. I just graduated. Congratulations. December, and so I will let you know. Okay, so so far, you've, have you made a living uh, as, as a jazz singer exclusively or doing other things? Well, I've definitely been diversifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do some jazz, some funk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely, I have friends who are living full time off jazz music. I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a, a huge crisis going mm-hmm. on, but I do think that there could definitely be more opportunities, particularly, and in, in more community. And I do see, 
you know, the the SF Jazz Center as a place where people can come together and mm-hmm. and create more of that community. This is Voicebox, I'm your host Chloe Veltman and we're coming to you on location from the new Jazz Centre in Hayes Valley, San Francisco, just a few days shy of its opening. We're coming to the close on the uh, on this week's show, um, but before we go, I have one more question for my guests, Randall Klein and Tiffany Austin. One thing I think about a lot is audience participation, which is such a hot topic in the arts right now. Um, do you anticipate that jazz singing will become more interactive in a concert environment? For example, can you see audiences starting to sing along with performers like they do in rock concerts? And more broadly, what role do you anticipate vocal music will play in the jazz scene of the future? Uh, you know, this cultural participation thing is a huge buzzword, and particularly in the funding community right now. And yeah. I'm not sure how big a trend it really is, but there is one area that we're addressing, and it will be with vocals actually, is that uh, you know we're starting this Monday night community band. And the idea is of people who aren't professionals, uh, who may have played instruments in high school or college or kept playing their whole lives and have a level of proficiency to play in a big band or continue to sing. And that big band, you know, we're going through auditions right now for that band. So there's a place for a vocalist in that band or vocalist. So there, there's a different kind of community participation. Huh. And, and could, could I audition with my oboe? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's about all we have time for tonight. Thanks so much, Tiffany and Randall. It was great to be here. Thank you so much. Looking forward to hearing you on your oboe. <laughs> well, I don't know if you should really look forward to that. To find out more about SF Jazz, please visit sfjazz.org. And Tiffany Austin can be found online at tiffanyaustinmusic.com. That's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-A-U-S-T-I-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Our marketing and development director is Greta Bosel. Please support Voicebox. You can make an easy and safe donation by visiting voicebox-media.org or you can mail us a check. We're a non-profit project, so all donations made to us are tax deductible. Find out more and send us your questions and comments via our website, voicebox-media.org. Don't forget you can also connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, my handle is at Chloe Veltman. I'll play us out with another track from tonight's guest, Tiffany Austin and the Darren Johnston Ensemble. Here's Souk. Have a song full week. I guess, 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 I